Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 704 Forecast. It's uh, Wes and Matt here to preview the Week 8 matchup with the Falcons and also uh, do a little bit of a recap of the last couple weeks. It's been a crazy schedule for us. I have been missing in action because the Braves are on their playoff run, and I've kind of just been like, I'm not recording tonight. Um, I've got to watch a, an NLCS game or, or, or whatever, so... Finally, finally got a chance for Matt and I to get, get together and, and talk about the Panthers. Matt, what's up? And yeah, it's, uh, it's been uh, quite the last couple of weeks. Uh, that's for sure. Um, things have changed uh, pretty, pretty dramatically. <laughs> so uh, on a personal note, though, I'm, I'm, I'm good <laughs> from a football perspective. I've uh, been a lot better. So <laughs> that's about as, as, as best as I can say. But I'm glad uh, you're at least having some fun this time of year with, uh, with the Braves. Yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this because I'm, I'm on a Panthers podcast right now, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, okay with sports right now. <laughs> as as ugly as as ugly as Sunday afternoons have been, and I mean, I've still watched every snap, but uh, I can I can live with it for for right now um, in the sports world. But just from a Panthers note, it's it's just been ugly, and there's a lot that has to change. Yeah, the uh, the Hornets have kind of been my saving grace at the moment, so we'll uh, hopefully they can keep that up, and <laughs> maybe maybe they'll get my mind off of Sunday. It, it's it's been rough. So, all right, uh, starting off, then uh, we got a, a few things we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Sean situation, um, what is going on there, and the latest news and notes. There, uh, we'll recap the Vikings and Giants losses. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about rule and the coaching staff and then look forward to Atlanta. So starting off, Matt, let, let's talk a little bit about the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, as of this morning, uh, we found out from Joe person and Ian Rappaport that the Deshaun deal is not going to happen. Uh, it's something that will be revisited this upcoming off season. If he's not dealt before then um, kind of where things are at right now, it doesn't look like any team is going to make a deal for him with the lingering, um, with the lingering legal stuff and, uh, you know, the Texans not really wanting to back off of their, their trade demands. So uh, if Miami pulls a deal off, I'll be surprised here. They got a week left before the trade deadline, but uh, this is something as far as a Carolina perspective go that we'll uh, revisit here in the off season. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the Matt rule thing, what he said in the press conference um, later when we talk a little bit about him. I just, I just think that, 
everybody's still not on the same page. I think that, um, you know, Matt is still stuck on his reclamation project with Sam. I mean, and that's, you know, no fault to, to anybody. I mean, we brought Sam in here with the hopes of him being the franchise quarterback moving forward. And, you know, for the first three weeks, he, he, he played the part pretty, pretty decently. Um, and on the last three weeks, it's been, it's been pretty bad. So, um, you know, Matt, Matt's sticking with this guy. He's not making the comments that he made with Teddy. You know, he threw him under the bus a, a couple times last year. So, you know, he's, he's talking about he didn't want to bench Sam for his, uh, I guess, to make him feel better about himself. Um, didn't want him to be in, in, in front and center with the media attention. I, I mean, I get that as a, as a coach, but these are, these are grown men. Um, if you can't do the job, you can't do the job and get out. Um, you know, he ended up switching to TJ Walker on Sunday, which I think at that point, you know, it was, it was time. Um, you know, the offensive line played played pretty well for all the all the flack that we've given them so far this offseason. Sam just looked terrible, and watching that game was as close to um, watching a Jimmy Clausen led football team. Uh, you know, as close as it's come since <laughs> since since uh, since then. So I don't know. Um, I, I was really hopeful with the Deshaun situation that something was going to get worked out, especially when person. Um, put the report out a few hours after the game on Sunday. I thought that obviously a deal would get done. You know, I was at least, at least hopeful, uh, even with the, with the legal situation. You know, we know Dave Tepper is, uh, has been wanting this guy and he's been eyeing Deshaun for a while now and it just hasn't worked out with, with, you know, the legal thing and then the Texans demand and trying to find it, if it's going to be worth, you know, the headache that it could potentially be. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter that aren't in favor of this deal getting done and the message that it will send to certain um, members of the fan base based off the Jerry Richardson situation that we just you know got through dealing with before Tepper came here. There's a, there's a lot of pros and cons to this situation. I mean, one hand, you're getting the top five quarterback of the National Football League at the age of 25, and he's under you know five years control. I mean, that's, that's tough to pass up, and that's regardless of how the situation works out and, and whether he plays football for the Carolina Panthers someday or not, um, whoever he plays football for next what they have to give up for him is going to be a huge package and you know, the legal situation is not going to change that, you know, just add some protections if, if that's the case, but you know, he's taking a hard stance on not settling. So, you know, in his mind, he, he's either <laughs> playing a hell of a poker game or he's, you know, he, he's innocent. I mean, that's kind of where we're at this point with, with him not wanting to settle with, with these 22 uh, accusations. And until, some legal, you know, charges actually get brought forward. There's not really much the NFL can do as far as putting him on the exempt list. So he's, you know, the Texans just keep him in, in, in inactive at the moment and hoping the situation is going to, you know, shake out. But, you know, I thought they would get him dealt by the November 2nd, but at this point I'm not so sure that they can. Yeah. I echo a lot of things you said. So really I had in my head taken us out of the, the, the Deshaun sweepstakes as a whole until um, person's comments at the end after the game last week. Person doesn't typically speak out of um, out of turn. Person when person speaks, I listen because he's connected. Person is the first person to, to deny rumors that that aren't true. So when he says something, I, I I tend to 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 take note. And I was before today's report, I was pretty sure that Deshaun was going to get traded this week um, or in the next week to either us or the Dolphins. I was, I, I felt like it was going to happen um, because if we're in, I, I, if we were truly in, 
think Dave was going to make it happen as long as we, as long as Miami's deal wasn't good enough, if that makes sense. So basically, I think Deshaun would have preferred Miami and would have waived his no trade clause if there was a deal anywhere close to good enough on the table and would have not waived it for us. But if ours was far and above better, then he would have waived it for us. That's truly what I believe. Um, but without us on the table, I'm not sure anything gets done uh, before November 2nd. So something that's going to go off, out into the off season. And I think Dave probably came to the, to the mindset of I'll just outbid everyone if the time comes to do so. Um, if the legal issues are not there and we still don't have quarterback figured out, I'll throw everything I can on the table, three picks, players, three first round picks, players, et cetera. Um, I think that's the the mindset Dave's going into this with. I mean, personally, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, I mean, Joe Person and, and Jonathan Alexander. Uh, Jonathan Alexander writes for the Charlotte Observer, covers the uh, Panthers there. He's, but they both have said that um, you know the no trade clause was not an issue, you know, when it came to Carolina. So that's something to keep in mind when people try to put, well, you know, Deshaun didn't approve a trade anywhere except for the Miami, but you know, Miami's been linked to him. You know, for just as long as we have, but back in the offseason, we were considered the the most aggressive until obviously the legal stuff um, came out. And and Tepper at that point, you know, he wasn't going to be outbid for his guy, and that was, you know, something that he, you know, by all reports, something that he became pretty obsessed about is getting him. But then when the legal stuff comes, you know, there's only so much you can do, and you have to back out and you have to explore other situations. And that's what they did with with Sam. Now, I mean, you can say, well, why didn't they draft Justin Fields? But you know. You're still going to deal with the same struggles. Justin Fields is not going to be the savior behind this offensive line when he's running for his life. I mean, look at him in Chicago with uh, how bad Jason Peters has been out there. Um, you just watch the tape, and you know, he doesn't look much better. So anybody clamoring that we could have had Justin Fields and, and all this, like, trust me, I'm I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I'm I'm very high on his upside, but it doesn't matter really who's behind, you know, this line of scrimmage because that's that's going to be a continued issue. Deshaun and Cam Newton, for that matter, just they, they use their legs and they they make it they make it work. Sam's disadvantage is he's got happy feet and he's not trusting what he sees and he's you know not making the right reads. He's not going through his progressions the way that he should. And I, and now it's kind of becoming pretty evident that you know he's got that internal clock where if he does have you know two or three seconds in the pocket, he thinks he's going to get hit and he's got to get rid of the ball where he's you know he's dancing around with his feet. Um, there was one play from the Giants game that stood out to me, and I don't want to turn this into a Sam situation real quick, but. Um, the running back pick up the picked up the block on the on the the blitzer and the blitzer fell to the ground. He gets right back up and he's right in front of Sam and then Sam evades the pocket and he still gets sacked. Like you have to get rid of the ball at that point. But I'll when we go to the Giants game, I'll I'll talk more about that. But uh, as far as the Sean situation goes, I mean I'm at this point if you if you part with draft capital that's needed for this, like okay, so then you don't have a first or second round pick for the next three years because the second round pick this year is going to New York for Sam. Well, you're, you, you picked up Sam's option. So you're on the hook for 18 million for him. So you got to figure out a landing spot for him eventually, because you can't just cut him and take in 18 million more in dead cap. Even if you do make a move this off season. And I'm not saying that Sam may not get his act together this season. It may not be, you know, he may not turn it around. Like, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, you know, um, I, I think he misses having McCaffrey back there. Um, I would love to see this offense with Deshaun, but it's 
it's tough when, you know, the likes of Robbie Anderson isn't helping you out. Um, you know, he's still trying to figure out a rhythm with his uh, tight ends since we got rid of Dan Arnold. Uh, McCaffrey's been out. Uh, and now you got your coach talking about how they want to run the football 30 times a game behind an offensive line. It's just simply not built for it. And you have a rookie running back back there who can't run between the tackles. That's not his strong suit. He's more of an edge rusher. So when you come out and say things like that, you're really not, as a coach, doing yourself any favor. It doesn't matter who's quarterback back there for you. Um, <laughs> if you don't have time to throw the ball, it really doesn't matter. I just I, – I get tired of hearing this whole process thing. We need to trust our process. Our process is good. And then you just go out and you got you got embarrassed by the New York Giants. Um, I, I wasn't worried on the offensive side of the ball. I'm still not as far as our weapons go, but something's got to give here. And, hey – I would be all in favor for Deshaun trade this offseason, regardless of the price, because I think that we're, as a football team, we're only an offensive line and a quarterback away from competing year in, year out. And I think that's kind of what you should have expected going into the season. I mean, we've, we, we, how many times have we mentioned that the offensive line and quarterback position were the two red flags on this football team? The, I mean, the defense, if they're out there for 40 minutes of game time, uh, they're going to get tired. They're, they're not going to be able to keep teams off the field. And whether you like it or not, they're not going to be able to uh, you know, shut teams out. Yeah. And so I think just to wrap up the Deshaun thing, it's just with the uncertainties, with this legal battle, with the optics, with the previous regime, it's just the right move for now to, to, to do what they're doing. And, and, and I, I do not disagree. So. I, I, yeah, I know. I think I'm just more so of I just want to see a plan at this point. Yep. There's there's too many people. I mean, Matt Rule coming out in his press conference and saying, well, you guys know where that didn't come from, you know, talking about the, the Sean news. Like, I mean, is that the time or place to, to say that? Um, you're basically going out there and bitching in front of your your owner, like trying to pinpoint on all oh, well, this is just coming from, you know, general managers coming from from ownership. Like, it's not me. Sam's my guy. Like, well, Teddy was your guy. Too. Well, your your guys your guys are over two. You're over two on quarterbacks. I don't want to listen, but we'll get into rules. We'll get into them. Let's start first with just a kind of a brief recap of of our thoughts on the Vikings and Giants game. I'm kind of just going to talk as a collective because of pretty similar stories, pretty similar um, ending outcomes. So, so let's let's get your thoughts first. Yeah. So. Uh... Me and Corey were at the at the Vikings game, and I don't know. Um, first play of the game, Sam throws interception, so that's not the, the ideal start. Kirk Cousins looked like Tom prime Tom Brady back there, so we didn't even get any pressure on him. We, defense didn't get any sacks. Um, just, I mean, the offense did what – I mean, that offense just – it's a well-old machine. I mean, it, it, it clicked. I mean, Thielen, Jefferson, Osborne, even Conklin. They all had 70-plus yards receiving. Dallin Cook had over 100 yards rushing. So when you give up those numbers, I mean, it's, it's tough to – I mean, it's, it's tough to, to win those types of games. I mean, you can blame the defense for all you want, but, you know, they almost had to stop in overtime. But not to get too far ahead of myself, my gripe about the Vikings game comes down to the fourth quarter when we went for a field goal. I mean, at that point in the game, like, you, you, you know the odds. So we, we kicked a field goal to bring it within eight. So we were down 11. But you're on the five-yard line, and there's seven minutes of game left. So, I mean, I, I get that you're trying to play for overtime, but at that point in, in the game, you got to look at the odds and say that you got to go for it on fourth and five. 
<clears throat> it's just fourth and goal from the five. But you got to go for that, or else you're just you're you're not playing for the win. And yet, so many things have to go right for you to get an opportunity to force it to overtime. And I mean, you know, it worked out. I thought Sam put together a hell of a drive. He made a big throw there on the fourth down to, to Ian, that forty yard reception, and then he made another fourth down completion to DJ down on the left sideline that set up the the pass to Robbie for the touchdown. Um, I, uh, you know, just can't, you just can't keep asking the world from the defense just to bail the offense out. Um, you know, Sam had a lot of bad throws that game. Um, Robbie had some bad drops. I think that's when it became really evident that, that something's just, there, there's, there's something off, um, even in the Giants game this week. I mean, it just, there's, there's something going on. Um, and I think there's still a lot of people going to want to complain about Joe Brady. And I, I really don't think it's Joe Brady at all. And you look at the film and his play calls actually work. It's all about just making the right throws and the right reads. But going back to the Vikings game, I think it's, uh, you know, we blocked the punt. We, we knew we had a, we had a good, uh, I mean, special team showed up. I mean, as much slack as I'll give him, but still the, the main things on, on this team is starting field position for opposing offenses and stupid turnovers. Yeah, that, that last, one of the last points you made, the starting field position. Uh, one of the things that I just was fed up with is it said something along the lines of, of how dare the defense give the other team the ball in, on, in plus territory again? Like, how, how dare they? It's tough to stop teams when they're constantly getting the ball at the, you know, 35, 40-yard line. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly in the Vikings, they, they got it on the other side of midfield twice. On, on plus, in plus territory twice. I know at least once, and one, if not, if not, if the other one wasn't, it was close. But I mean, the, the game, punting yeah. situation, the punting situation was obviously part of that. But I mean, the other reason, the other reason is you can't move it out from outside inside your 10. Um, we, we remedied hopefully the punting situation for now. Um, but, and, and even and John even when Charlton comes back, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to, yeah, it's, it's not great. But John Ellis had a, hell of a tweet the other day it was the uh it was fourth and eight sam darnold sees uh, ooh, uh whatever lecklin whatever his name is coming onto the field and it was that leonardo dicaprio pointing meme of like uh, <laughs> and uh because he, he was the jets punter uh when, when sam was there so it was it was gold if you don't follow uh one Panther place on Twitter, John Ellis. He's 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 great with the the comedic relief when you need it. Um, in, in the Minnesota game, actually, I mean that was still the Zane Gonzalez went out there lined up like he's going to kick a fifty-some yard field goal, which is outside of his range, and then this little pooch punt and it rolls into the end zone for a whopping what twenty yard, twenty-one yard punt. I mean, just. I've uh, I've tried to bite my tongue, but I think the more and more that I watch, the more and more as far as like head coaching decisions I'm, I'm getting more and more frustrated with yeah i mean you if we want if we want to get if, if 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 we want to get into it if that's where we want to go i i'm i'm fine with leaving the recap and getting right into <laughs> mr matt rule um i want it on record right now october 27 2021 i am out on matt rule out 1000% you've you got your six-year, seven-year, hundred and some million-dollar deal, or eight, whatever, whatever his contract is. I don't care to look it up. Congratulations, you fleeced David Tepper. He's normally really good with money. He was really bad with money this time. Um, 
I do not like the decisions. Uh, he, to be the CEO of, the, of, 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 this, of this operation here and, and be the figurehead and, and the person who's supposed to have the right things to say. And he said none of the right things. He totally botched the Teddy situation last year and made it so that we had to do something. Teddy wasn't going to play quarterback for us this year because of him. And it made us make a rash decision, one that we all thought was had some possible possible upside. Sam, I'll be the first to say I thought Sam looked great in the first three weeks and, and coming into the season. I, I, I saw some hope there. But it forced us to make a move. Um, and so now we're without a second-round pick next year. Um, he has learned that he can't just spout out about his quarterback in press conferences. And now, as of right now, we can still roll with Sam, with Sam next year because that's likely what we're going to have to do is, is roll with Sam for one more year because of the $18 million option. Um, on top of that, the in-game decisions are terrible. His, his, his time management, timeout management, clock management, awful, just awful. Uh, it, there's several examples. If we, if we want to go back and talk about them, I'm, I've talked about them on most of our recaps. I'm not going to really get more into it. Um, and then something you mentioned, I don't think Joe Brady's prey calling is, has been superb, but I do think it's been fine. But I think that a lot of it is rule probably limiting what Brady can, can have um, uh, just continually coming out and say, we're going to be, we need to commit more to running the ball, commit more to running the ball. Why, how, why, what, what, what offensive line, what, what, what's the point? Like we're already top at the time he said it, we were top eight in the league in rushing attempts. And the teams that were above us weren't exactly teams that were out there lighting the world on fire either on offense. So it's the, what you look below us and the, 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 that, that was some of the teams that were obviously not um, the very bottom. Those are teams that were getting their ass whooped, but it's, it's the teams in that middle range that, that were 15 to 20, those are the teams that, that were putting up numbers in offense. Um, so it just doesn't make any sense. We don't have the personnel for it. Um, and I just think that I don't think he has a good grasp on what it takes to be a successful NFL coach. I just don't. Um, so you're, you're... for all of, all of that, plus his handling of injuries and his who he decides to even start week in and week out in some instances, like the offensive line. Terrible. Uh, I mean, he's basically handicapping and strong-arming his, his offensive coordinator. And at this point, Joe Brady's going to pack his bags and go back to LSU, you know, by all reports, if he doesn't get a head, head coaching offer, um, why, why would he not go back to LSU and be the head coach down there? I mean, his offense wasn't a problem in college. Sean Payton didn't have an issue running this same system down there in New Orleans, even with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. And it's still working for – it's working all right for Jameis right now. I mean, you're, you're, you're coming out and telling, telling the world that, hey, we want to run the football 30 times a game. We're, what we're going to do this week is focus on running the football and establishing the run. And you think that opposing organizations out there are not listening to what you have to say, just like the, the Giants players said in the, in the press conference, you know. That's uh, we heard him say he wanted to run the football X amount of times. And that's just, we took pride. That's just not going to happen here. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And then, and I mean, Joe Brady's offense is, is not the problem. Anybody who has an issue with his play calls, um, I, I say go back and, and really when you're watching games, actually watch film 
or, you know, fire up the, some replays, whatever. But there's a lot of guys open. But there's just a lot of missed throws. Um, pounding the football 30 times a game behind this offensive line is not going to do you any good in this league. Um, I don't think that that's the problem when your quarterback comes out and throws for 300 yards the first three weeks against, you know, not necessarily good defenses. I mean, I guess you can get away with that, but, you know, it's just because your, your quarterback is sucking, hey, this is your guy. You, you picked him. Maybe you should make a change at that position versus wanting to run the football 30 times a game because if you want to save Christian and all this, you know, coach talk, coach speak that's out there, um, what are you going to do when he comes back? Are you going to give him, you know, less than 25 touches a game to your highest paid player, to the highest paid position player in the National Football League? I mean, uh, but as far as like what you said with with this clock management, this clock management just got awful. And I had a problem with Ron Rivera's clock management to an extreme when he was here. But rule was made, Rivera looked competent with it. Uh, just the in-game decisions. I mean, I get last week we had injuries at corner, but Stanley Thomas Oliver should never see the football field for a national football team at, at corner. I mean, he's never really produced when it, when it came to, uh, you know, in-game situations. Um, so I, I get that that's kind of the, the predicament we were in when Dante went down, but at the same time, like, come on, man. Like, well, and then that goes down to his, his, his injury handling. And, and why was I, everything we've all said our things about Rashawn Melvin. Why is Rashawn Melvin not active? Don't, don't have a clue. And, and then but he was a healthy scratch, but like you got to have an extra corner on hand for injuries like that in game. So, um, God forbid Colin Thompson doesn't sits out a game. <laughs> I mean, we got he got to the point where you know he he's afraid. I mean, he's coddling his quarterback, but then he he's got no problem throwing Brady under the bus, saying that he looked rough. You know, at left tackle. Now, albeit in the fourth quarter, he did get beat pretty badly by Ojalele a, a couple times. But for the most part of the game, the left side really wasn't a problem, um, from what I remember. Uh, it's and, and now we're we're without John Miller, so I mean that's not really a, a loss. I mean, if we had Deontay to throw in there versus Dennis Daly, that'd be a different story. But by all accounts, you're going to get Cam Irving back this week at left tackle. You're going to get Pat Elfline back at left guard. Paradis Daly, Moten. And I mean, you if if for whatever reason Elfline doesn't return this week, you may see Brady at guard. If, yeah. I, because De, we don't have another option. I mean, yeah, they haven't said anything about Deontay's injury i mean since he left didn't even say like what it was i think maybe he twisted knee i'm i'm gonna put the the audience cannot see this but i'm putting air quotes around injury they just wanted a roster spot it was that's you're you're gonna talk more about it if, if there really was something that was keeping him out like this you don't just it, it's funny that it happened like a week or two right after saying that he's basically he's too fat this is like this is his figure it out year and, and his lose weight year. It's not a coincidence. Teams game the IR system all the time, and that's what they're doing here. Well, that's what happens with with, with Thomas Fletcher. Rules, mm-hmm. rules other pick, but it's his so, seat's, his seat's getting a little warmer. And if you lose to the Falcons on on Sunday and you drop five in a row in this part of your schedule, I uh, I don't know, man. Watching that game on Sunday against the Giants, and I know we've gotten way off track when the whole thing was to recap the Giants anyways um that was rough five to three was bad enough and still I mean open up the second half and you're in the red zone you throw the interception 
you know, that just kind of takes the, takes the air out of, you know, the fan base. I mean, that's, it's, um, it, it, it wasn't fun. It's not enjoyable to watch. The last week was the worst. Like, I'm, uh, last season was pretty bad to watch Teddy play quarterback some games. But I think when, you, when you're only running five-yard routes and you're still having incompletions and you're trying to pound the football, but you're not opening the field up and spreading uh, the defense out, what what yards do you think that you're going to get that's going to result in points? Yeah. I'm getting dangerously close to just – and and I know this is blasphemy as a fan and whatever. I'm getting dangerously close to just watching red zone on Sundays and then watching film as recap. Because like it, it's not that's what I did the last five or six weeks last year. Watched recap film and watch red zone. Because it's why why do it to yourself? And I know you can you can call people can call me fair weather, people can say whatever they want. It's you can enjoy your fandom however you want. And when you're that miserable watching a game, what's the point? Uh, you know, I, uh... I, 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 know, I know you probably have a completely opposite stance on that, but that's mine. I, I just can't, I can't do it. No. I, I, and I like to watch film. I, I will watch recap film to, to, to see it, but in the moment, enjoying my Sunday of watching football, like live football, I'll just watch Red Zone. Prior to this past weekend, I would have probably had a, a different take on that, and, and but I mean, I was miserable watching that game. It's it, yes, injuries are a part of the game, but watching you know the uh, an incompetent offense just be, be held back. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I I really don't. Um, you know, I, I got into it with a lot of Panthers fans. Me and Corey both did it at the Vikings game when people decided to leave the leave the game early when we were down uh 11 with that's that's uh, different if you're at a game don't leave i'm talking if you're if you're a home per if you're at home watching it like there's to me don't put yourself through it if and i'm not saying where i'm to that point yet but and i may just be overreacting and whatever but it's just not fun and that's the easiest way to put it. And, and if, if we were even had a remote chance of winning games, I, I, I would pay attention, but it's just, I'd rather at this point, and I'm, I'm not there. I'm going to watch the whole game this week. Um, but it, if it gets worse, if it doesn't get any better, it's one of those things where I, I'll watch red zone and I will watch the re I will watch the film on Monday when it's not live football time. This this might not be a fair take, but it's something that just kind of stands out to me. We're watching this team for the last, you know, just let's just focus the last ten years, <clears throat> and we'll use we'll use Cam's tenure as an example. But it's it's just to me, it's interesting that that whenever something happens, that that you know, if we lost a game, if there was a you know the defense gave up a touchdown late in the game, whatever, Cam Cam always took accountability for it and said that I need to play better. They should have never left him in that situation whatever. And that's what a leader does. And, and, you know, this team on offense right now, we, we don't have one of those guys. I mean, you have DJ, but you know, how much can you really kind of control the game as a, as a receiver? So have you heard Matt rule take accountability for, for anything so far? It just seems like it's either been the defense's problem. It's been our play calling. It's been uh, Joe, it's been whatever, but it's, it's not Sam. It's not him. It's, it's also funny that when it's the defense's problem, it's not snow. He doesn't throw snow under the bus. 
he throws Brady under the bus. Snow is one of his guys. Right. Brady's not one of his guys. Joe Brady was one of the few coaches he brought in that didn't have a previous tie to him. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the coordinators are a problem at all with this coaching staff. I mean, I think that you know Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, is, is, has done a terrible job so far, but it also plays in part with, with what Matt Rule what, what does he have to work with? He wanted to go out there and get. He wanted to go get his guys. And it's, just, it's these fucking reclamation projects that he's obsessed with. He wants it, – it's almost like – sorry to interrupt. It's no. almost like when you, when you look at, at a guy like Shanahan who wants to prove – Without a shadow of a doubt, it's his system. And and he does it to a detriment of himself, of, of the team. And and it's it's like the rule wants to prove I can do it with a quarterback nobody else wanted. I can do it with a lineman that nobody else wanted because they're tough and smart and versatile. They can play any position. Well, yeah, they can be backups at any position, but they suck. Yeah, they know how to play the position, but they're not good at it. Um, so it's just, it's, I'm sick of it. Uh, for all the, the, the doom and gloom I've talked about, I mean, we've, we've, we're, we're <laughs> the Carolina Panthers can be 500 this, <laughs> this week. And that is, that is just insane to say, um, you know, I, I will say the one bright spot over the last couple of weeks has been the play of Keith Taylor. I think he's done a great job stepping in and, and filling in that role that's kind of needed while, um, Stefan and, and CJ get healthy. You know, I, I've been very impressed with what he's done, and it's a great pick by you know that's a fifth round guy that's that's stepped in and and uh, contributed right away. So that is my 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 bright spot <laughs> of the last two weeks. Not not Terrace getting concussed, not um, interceptions being thrown that I have no logical not explanation Sa- for. Not Sam getting Terrace concussed. Yeah, if if we're being honest, um, that was. Sometimes people say like the quarterback threw him into into the the hit, and then you're like, oh, whatever. Sam threw Terrace into that hit, one thousand percent. I uh, I just don't like you go back and watch the 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 final drive of regulation for us in uh, against the Vikings, and you just look at the throws that Sam made, and, and to drive it ninety eight yards down the field with what two and a half minutes left. I don't really care who you are. That's pretty damn impressive. It doesn't matter against what team that you're going against, you know, to make two big fourth down throws. So like, what is like, why is that not, not consistent yet? I mean, it's like, what, what is it in your mind that that's preventing that from being the Sam that we see pretty consistently because that throw to, to Ian Thomas was pretty damn tough. I mean, he had two guys on him and Sam led him perfectly and, you know, Ian made a hell of a catch and even the throw to DJ, I mean, DJ put a move on the corner and, and took advantage of it, but you know, that seems like the only time so far where Sam's felt comfortable. I mean, he even left the pocket and had that 30 yard run. Uh, I mean, Sam, and he looked fine the week, weeks one through three. It's all right. mental for Sam, 1000%. And um, until we have Sam is somebody that's going to need the right offensive line and the right pieces around him. And I'm not see Christian helps with that immensely. It's like a, um, it's like his breaking case of emergency thing. Um, he's always he's always going to be there, and, and it, it it helps Sam's mental to have him. Um, without a better offensive line, he's got to have that safety valve, or else he's going to be a mess back there in the pocket. And um, so, 
I mean, these are random, things. random note, random note. Shaq Thompson is in uniform today per Joe person. Just came off, just came across the wire. Well, you know, our defense has been the problem. Oh, 1000%. They gave, they gave the uh, Giants the ball and the, the, the Carolina Panther 40 last week. Something about former Panthers just seem to get the last laugh <laughs> so far against us whenever they leave. I just uh, if Cam Newton ever gets that chance, I just don't. Oh God, you. don't. Sorry to take us off track here, but I saw a, an article today. Um, I want to say I'm not even going to say the publication. Um, it was the top five options for the Carolina Panthers going forward at quarterback, um, <laughs> and Deshaun was three. PJ was four. Uh, they was on the top four options. Sorry, it was PJ four, Deshaun three, Sam two. Cameron Newton won. They said that they should just go out. They should just get rid of Sam and go out and sign Cam again. So, yeah, good luck. I, 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 I promise you, I would love it. You, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that we would all love to have Cam back. It's not happening. There will not be a happy reunion there. No, the next time that he's on the same field as Carolina Panthers, it'll be blood and guts part two. Don't know if that'll ever happen. Um, man, we've uh, we've had some time here. Uh, you you want to look forward to the Falcons game this Sunday? One thing I want to throw in there. So the Athletic did a uh, a fan survey this week, and it was largely centered around, centered around Deshaun and, and what their thoughts on there were. But there were four questions not really about Deshaun that I wanted to kind of to show what the fans, um, where the fans were. Um, so the first non-Deshaun question was, can Sam be the Panthers' future at quarterback? 57.1% no, 35% too early, 7.8% yes. Hmm. Okay. That's no comment, presented without comment. We can talk about them a little bit then. If it's not Darnold or Watson, that was how the question was phrased. Who would you like it to be? 40% draft a quarterback this year. 20, 22% Russell Wilson. 14% Rodgers. And Tua got a small percentage that didn't show how much what the number was. And then other, other professional quarterback, 17.5%. Those, those, Moving. those 40%, I'm just going to stop right there. Those 40% that want you to draft a quarterback, you think they got a quarterback in mind that they that they would like for the Panthers to draft? I would say 35% of them, yes. And it is their short white friend at UNC Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I was going with that. I wish Corey could join us today so he could, he could add a comment or two in there. That is if we that. draft – if we draft Sam Howell, I will yes. not watch a game next year. Yeah, I will. No, I will no. not watch a game next year. That is not First of all, I don't think Sam should. I don't think Howell should leave. He's probably not even a top five quarterback on big boards right now. That's a different story. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, what is your confidence? In there. I I applaud you. Um, Justin Burris designated to return from IR. Sorry, I'm getting Joe Person updates rolling hey, in. Hey, that's fine. We're, 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 getting, we're getting some up-to-date news. Uh, so what is your confidence level in Matt Rule? 40%, neither high or low. 
18% mostly low, 33% mostly high. The rest were chunks too small to, to have a percentage on the graph. I want to talk about 33% because those are some optimistic, optimistic people. I, where do you get that optimism? Because I sure don't have it as a fan. Um, as I said, um, I would be in that 18% if there was a category of get him the hell away from my team, that I'd be in that category too. Um, so moving on, should Joe Brady remain the play caller? 63% yes, 37%, 27% no, sorry. No, 37, I was right the first time. And then that was it for the non-Deshaun questions. There was some about would you still support the Panthers? Do you think that they should do it? Etc. But um, that thirty-seven percent kind of lines up with the people that are in favor of the the Matt Rule, very high on him still. The yeah, thirty-three and thirty-seven. That makes sense. Uh, trust me, I, I I'm not saying that Matt Rule needs to be fired after two years. Not not going to that extreme yet. Um, just because I saw Ron needed three three years. And Ron's seat was getting pretty damn hot when it was 0-2 when Jerry Richardson was coming down to the field on the golf cart before that Giants game in 2013. And then they went on the run. But we, how many, we had so many one-possession losses uh, starting off that season in 2013, 0-2. That right there is, is a sure way to get fired. And if Ron had lost that Giants game, which he didn't, probably would have been fired. So – what I'm trying, I guess I'm trying to get to is I need to see from the rest of the way, rest of this year, playoffs or not, I need to see some progress. I need to see what the future of this team is going to look like. I need to, see, need to see a plan in place. From the offensive side of the ball, besides the offensive line and quarterback position, it's, it's established. For the defensive side of the ball, it's established. Special teams, offensive line, quarterback. Got to have some type of clarity on that, on those positions, either the rest of the season or this offseason. Because I'm telling you what, if these long losing streaks that, that Tepper now thinks are normal for this organization because they've happened ever since he's bought the team. And that's no, that's I'm not taking a, a stab at him. I've had my feelings toward Tepper in the past. You know, it is what it is. But that's not a, that's not a him thing. The, the man wants to win. He doesn't want to lose. He bought a product so he could have a winner, and, and he came from the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a winning organization. So Matt Rule starts off next year 0-2 or gets off to a slow start or this same shit keeps happening. I don't care how much he's being paid. He's gone. He can go back to USC. I mean, he can go to USC. He can go to LSU. He can go wherever. He can find somebody that, that where he can he can fix it and try again later. Um, so, just, so you I'm mentioned the USC job. That's That's an interesting one. I think what do you what do you so I agree with you. I think if this season continues how it is, Brady is the Joe Brady's the next coach head coach of LSU. If things don't turn around, what do you what are the what are your odds that USC just pays pays rule to come and we're looking next year? What do you think? I mean, if you're LSU, he just says yeah. that he just he sees the writing on the uh, USC sees the rule sees the writing on the wall. The, L, the USC offers there. What do you think? Uh, I still – I don't think that he does anything this season. I honestly think that it – get the rest of the year to figure it out, but I don't, I don't think – USC, USC job's gone. But he, he, he'd have to realize the USC job's gone right. if he doesn't take it and then right away. He, so. just, he just pounces on whatever opens up next year, which, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I, I feel like a, like a place like Penn State would be more um, attractive to him than something like USC. You know, he, he's you know, a northern guy. He's been up there. It's, I mean, if James Franklin gets to you know, the Southern Cal job, I mean, that's, that's just you know, me spitballing off the top of my head at the moment. Um, I, I just I don't think I don't think that he wants to go back to college right right now. And I don't even know if that's something that Matt, Matt is even on in the future. I mean, he's getting paid more than Tom, Mike Tomlin. People need to realize this. Matt Rule is being paid than more money than Mike Tomlin to coach the Carolina Panthers. And this is a guy who has a Super Bowl ring. I, so I think that maybe as a fan base, we're asking too little from our coaching staff, our people, the head coach. Let me just let me just touch that head coach. Not coaching staff because for the majority of the coaching staff has done an all right job as far as the coordinators go. My only gripe is obviously offensive line coach and Matt Rule. But you have to realize when you're paying somebody the amount of money that David Tepper is paying Matt Rule, you want results. You don't have time to be beating around the bush and blaming everybody else because you're the man that's making 80 some million dollars to coach his football team. I don't think any of these other organizations are going to sit around and, and deal with it. I mean, yeah, Tomlin's sticking by Roethlisberger at the moment, but I mean, you know, it's easy to do that when they've won a Super Bowl ring with uh, for you. Yeah, just, uh, I've got nothing else to add. Uh, my thoughts are well documented at this point. Um, so, with all that said, do we want to move on and talk about the upcoming game against the Falcons a little bit? Sure. Let's let's recap the Falcons because I'm telling you, if we lose this game, I'm going to be I'm going to be at an, at a low, at a at a really really lowest, probably the lowest of this coaching regime. And it's not because of it us losing to the Atlanta Falcons. That's happened to us before. I don't care. It's starting three and zero and then losing five in a row, and you're doing so in the weak part of your schedule. We still have Tampa Bay twice, the Bills and some other really good football teams coming. Um, uh, uh, this was our, These were our chances to win to win games. I hate to be nostalgic or whatever, but, I mean, just looking back at 2014, for example, when we started off terrible, when I think we were one in, one in seven. Uh, I mean, this is the year we tied. We had to tie with Cincinnati. But you look at the, at, at the switch. After the Green Bay loss, uh, that's when Ron actually gave Norwell a chance. That's when Ron actually gave some other guy a chance, gave Josh a chance. That's when changes got made, and that's what was needed to inject that energy in it. He said he went to PJ for, you know, a little a pick-me-up or, or whatever he called it, an injection of life. Um, why are you not trying to make changes at this point in the schedule? You have to figure it out. These are games that you, you need to win. You need to be coming out aggressive. You need to be going for it on fourth down, and that's what I was hopeful for on the opening drive against the Giants. We went for it on fourth and short to start the game, and we got it. So I was like, okay, maybe we learned our lesson. Maybe we're going to be more aggressive. But those are those are things that we have to do against the Falcons. You cannot lose this game. I mean, yes, the Falcons have kind of you know hit a little hot stretch in their weak part of the schedule, but they've taken advantage of it. And now we're sitting in last place in the NFC South. Sunday, I mean, you you, you better figure out to stop Kyle Pitts, whether it be with Jeremy Chin or whoever, and you better stop Calvin Ridley. And now they got Cordell Patterson who. That's kind of been just their their gadget, and I mean, he's out here with you know running you know eighteen routes as a wide receiver, and then you know still getting you know ten to twelve carries as running back. And Cordero Patterson is six foot four and pretty damn fast still. I'm gonna 
make a pr- prediction. That's not one Panthers fans are going to like. Patterson's going to score twice in this, some way, somehow. It's just going to happen. We're not going to be able to – they're going to try and stop Pitts, and, and Patterson's going to be the weapon that gets us. Because Pitts just had his breakout. They said back-to-back 100-yard game, 100 yard receiving games. Um, I, I mean, I watched the, the Dolphins-Falcons game last week and just seeing some of the throws that Matt Ryan does and how he's barely able to move outside the pocket. If Phil Snow doesn't blitz him all game, then uh, I mean, I think that's a mistake. Sorry to get you off track there on your on the the Cordero thing. I just uh, that seems like the perfect that that just seems like the perfect storm for us. And and the defense is going to play great for the most part, I think, as they as they have. It's just there seem to be certain guys in certain situations where we just that that's just what's going to happen. And for some reason, I've got the feeling that Cordell Cordell is just going to be able to light us up this week. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, is this a Mike Davis revenge game after he's been getting what five carries a a game now? (laughs) I just, I don't, I don't know. I I mean, I want to be hopeful, but giving up 25 points to the giants. I mean, they only had one good drive and they somehow finished with 25 points. That's just, that's what happens when your offense doesn't produce. If your offense cannot produce against this Atlanta team that Tula just lit up to maybe change the Miami's opinion of him, uh, if Sam doesn't get it together this week, then bench him for the rest of the season, and you'll just figure it out at, at some point. But this is a, a weak defense where this is a, this is a get right moment, and this is a get right opportunity, and this is a chance for him to you know put some good film back on tape. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, Looking at injuries for the Falcons, they have no notable injuries. They've got a few guys that are questionable. But uh, looking at injuries for the Panthers, Stephon Gilmore um, expected return this week, uh, according to some people. But do we see him on the field? Don't know yet. Giovanni Ricci, questionable. He is practicing today. Paris Marshall, questionable. I'm not sure that I've seen he, whether I don't think he's practicing yet this week. Um Austin Larkin, questionable. C.J. Henderson, questionable. Cam Irving, questionable. Miles Hartfield is designated to return, so maybe we'll see him. Shaq Thompson, questionable. Um, Did see him out of practice today per person. John Miller, IR. No Johnny Miller for the next three weeks at a minimum. Pat Elfline, expected to return. Not sure how that looks. He's been designated return for two weeks now, I believe. Um, and then Justin Burris is also um, designated for return. So it's a long list. <laughs> I feel I feel good about this team. If Shaq and Gilmore play on Sunday, I feel good about, you know, the defense being able to limit Atlanta, say, say 10 points. That's, that's probably the one realistic nowadays. It's like 17 is a, is a good defense. Uh, I say that to say that I'm equally as worried about this offensive line at the moment if it's Cam Irving and Pat Elfline. And I saw some jackass tweeted me on, on Twitter the other week and said, oh, have you noticed how the losing streak started when Elfline and Irving went down? Yeah, because those two played a, such a pivotal role. I had, I had a buddy text me. He said we're 0-4 since trading Dan Arnold. 
that was, and that was a, a serious question that somebody <laughs> tried to ask him in his presser. Like, Matt Rule, do you regret trading Dan Arnold? Do I regret trading a guy that I signed for two two years, six and a half million or five million, whatever it was, for a second year top ten pick? And Scott Fitterer came out and said earlier when when the trade was made that C.J. Henderson trade was made for future. So this is somebody who's trying to think ahead about building this this team long term. And Stephon Gilmore signing was for right now. Well, I feel bad for Stephon Gilmore because. If I was him, I would have probably picked somewhere else to, to, to sign if uh, this is how things are going to shake out. But that's what happens when you've been pretty incompetent on the offensive side of the ball and you're failure to make changes. Yeah, sorry to, sorry to interrupt there. It's just I had a similar text about, you know, they're 0-4 since trading away Dan Arnold. And I said, correlation does not equal causation was my response to that. That's <laughs> um, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not 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 zero and four since McCaffrey went down or or any of this other BS out here. Mismanaging games, bad Sam, seeing ghosts, whatever you want to call it, it is what it is. <laughs> Last four weeks haven't been fun. No, uh, hopefully it, it gets better on Sunday. Yeah, you better figure out stop Kyle Pitts and you better stop Calvin Ridley uh, if you want to give this offense as uh, a a chance because. I hear we're going to be running the uh, the Army Navy triple option here before long, anyway, so we can get our our, our forty rushing uh, attempts a game. So let's just run it fifty times a game. Yeah, we'll go wishbone. We'll get we'll get Paul Johnson from uh, you know I'm sure he's probably got a place in jo- in Georgia since the old Georgia Tech coach. Maybe he can come show Matt a thing or two. Yeah. All right. Before we get off the rails here, um, any closing thoughts or projection, anything like that you want to give before we? Off. Closing thoughts. I just want to see some. <laughs> I want to see a, a trajectory of of where this team is going. Just just some type. What, tell me, show me what the process is. Just give me give me something. I, I, that's just where I'm at. Um, you, you're three and four this season. You were three and zero, oh, and the, the play what playoff word got thrown around. Kept getting thrown around. Still getting thrown around. Um. When you lose 25-3 to three to the New York Giants in the way that they did and your offense looks god-awful and your quarterback can't, can't stay off the ground and you, 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 don't, you don't take any deep shots down the field, I, I mean, I don't know where, where the bright spot is on this offense. I would, I would like to see – I would like for us to get up by about 10 early and then you can, then you can blame the defense for letting them back in the game if you want to. But if you yeah. don't, if you don't ever get out out to that big of a leap, then you you can't blame the you can't blame the offensive side. I mean, excuse me, you can't blame the defensive side of the ball. Um, I just want to see some competency this week. And so my final closing thoughts are: I am biding my time until that seat gets too hot. Um, I do not expect a bounce back this week. Uh, I expect much of the same. So before we, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, before we get out, I'll add one more thing for you. What would it take for your your opinion to change uh, on the the head coach at this point? Um, a complete shift in how he handles himself on the team, like a complete different how he talks to the media, how he presents himself, the divide that he creates um, around the whole. Good good head coaches don't throw Joe Brady under the bus. They don't throw Teddy Bridgewater under the bus last year. They don't 
come in and when a trade's being talked about saying, well, that's not coming from me. They don't do that. Good head coaches know how to talk to the media. You're creating divide in your fan base, in your locker room. Um, and on top of that, good head coaches know when to call timeouts, except Andy Reid. I'll, I'll give him a pass. <laughs> um, good head coaches know the strength of their team. And when it's not run the ball 40 times, um, we actually need to pass the ball, get the ball out quick, et cetera. Um, it it basically changes self as a coach. That's what it takes for me. And I don't think he doesn't. Um, I don't think he is going to be a successful po- coach for the Carolina Panthers. You know, the, the riverboat persona was kind of born overnight in 2013, the same way I was saying, Ron just, you know, woke up and realized I got to make a change. And he, and he did. And I think that's where you're at with Matt rule, what you're talking about with throwing players on the bus and throwing coordinators on the, under the bus. That's a big thing. And uh, that's a, uh, that, that is recognized inside that locker room. And I'm not saying that rules lost the locker room. Don't even know if he ever had it, but uh you at least got to do a better job of putting on the act that you that you do, at least to the national media and the local media and the fan base. I mean, we're not even media. We're just two guys, three guys with a podcast, and and we see it. You can't – you're not doing a good job captivating us. I'm, I'm sure you're not doing a damn good job captivating these players inside the locker room every week. Yeah, but – so, I mean, that's what it would take. Do I think he's got it in him? No. I, I think we're biting our – time at this point till um the the one thing that tips the scale um it may just be a waiting game because we're not really ready anyway for the next coach it may be a a, one of those waiting games where we're just gonna he's got the right gm so he can control tepper can control enough through that with with the rebuild um so maybe it's a waiting game for for rule to mess up enough i don't know i i'm i'm lost makes two of us okay that's enough rambling for this week that's i think we're over an hour so any final comments no uh, i just really want to see another win uh, <laughs> I, I just want to beat the falcons i, I want to be the falcons anytime we play them and god if uh they were in a much worse situation than we were and somehow we're we're now below them in the standing so i would like to see just something change on sunday i don't know if it's you know, philosophy or, or starters, rotations, whatever. I just I just want to see some some change. Just know that we're trying. Yep. All right. That is all for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, follow us on social media at 704cast and uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, all those things, share with your friends. And uh, hopefully we can have a more optimistic tone after this game this week. No kidding. Later. See you guys.